Welcome to the Life Right Here, Inner Medicine Tools for Present Moment Living. I'm your host, Emma Waters, yoga teacher, educator, and inner medicine coach. We'll explore all things yoga, Ayurveda, and contemplative practice to give you practical tools and insight to reduce overwhelm, soothe the nervous system, and remind you of who you are at your core, right here in this moment. The Life Right Here is your weekly prescription of peace, presence, and power. Let's tune in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 29 of the Life Right Here podcast. I'm so happy to be here bringing you this episode. It really, it just brings me such joy to create this podcast. And I thank you for being here and tuning in, particularly those people who've kept up with each and every episode or they message me and comment. I just love having you here and want to thank you for investing your time in these ideas and teachings and practices. And I hope they are of benefit to you. Today's episode actually takes inspiration from a short passage from the book Anamkara by John O'Donohue. I think I've used his words before in this podcast. I've definitely been inspired often by his writing. He's a teacher of Celtic spirituality and a poet. And my retreat, actually, my recent retreat was heavily inspired by his writings. So this passage I used in one of my yoga classes on retreat and it got a number of people thinking about their body and what it is telling them. And for some people, their body was saying, you're a wreck. (laughs) So I'll read this short passage and then we'll reflect a little on how this might be useful in our own life. You know, I love to make sure that what's in this podcast does not just remain a reflection or an idea, but can be put into practice somehow to make a lasting impact in your daily life, in your health, your well-being. There's no point otherwise in these teachings. So John O'Donoghue says this, the body is very truthful. You know from your own life that your body rarely lies. Your mind can deceive you and put all kinds of barriers between you and your nature, but your body does not lie. Your body tells you, if you attend to it, how your life is. And whether you are living from your soul or from the labyrinths of your negativity. I just love this quote. It's very yogic, actually, in its philosophy. And my passion is Hatha Yoga, as you know, (laughs) whose practices start in the physical body with postures, movement, breath work, with the aim of getting us back into our body to walk around in an embodied way rather than lost in our mind, in memories of the past or what ifs about the future, to be in our body right here, to appreciate all the goodness of our body and life right here. And I 100% agree with the statement that the body is very truthful. If we take the time each day to connect with our physical body, 
through mindful movement, maybe it's massage, breath, relaxation practices, our body will begin to truly feel like our home. And perhaps that's a starting point for reflection. Do you feel at home in your body? Why is that? Or if not, why not? (laughs) Do you think? Do you trust your body? And are you thinking thoughts and behaving towards your body in a way that treats it as your home? John O'Donoghue goes on to say, your body is your only home in the universe. It is your house of belonging here in the world. It is a very sacred temple. And I feel a little sadness actually when I read that. And I've got a few thoughts around this. As women, we've been conditioned not to trust our body. I think many women do not feel at home in their body, sadly, because we've learned from a young age that our bodies are too fat or they're bumpy or they smell or they're too hairy or sweaty. And we have to do many things to our bodies to change them and make them this or that. Particularly if you're around my age, which is 45, our bodies were not presented to us as this sacred temple. What a beautiful image. We were always trying to be thinner or have less cellulite or have more of a tan or a flatter stomach. It consumed many of us and it still does. And now as we get older, it's no wrinkles, flawless skin or fighting what is naturally meant to occur in our bodies. Everyone's hair will go gray and our skin will change. And the more we can embrace that fact, the more we will feel at home. And have an affection towards our body. And I can pinpoint the exact period of my life when my thoughts and attitudes towards my own body changed drastically. It was in my mid-twenties. And up until that point, I did not feel at home in my body mostly. And particularly during a, a period in my teenage years, Looking back, I had disordered eating, I lost so much weight and I was over-exercising like frantically in an effort to be thin and I was so thin but it never was thin enough. But during my mid-twenties, my husband Josh and I, he was my boyfriend at that time, we lived in a surf camp in Samoa. I was there for about eight months and Josh was there for two years. I would have actually been 25. It was in 2003 and I'd just returned from three months of yoga in India. (laughs) What a time of my life that was. Anyway, we'd go out surfing on these pristine reef breaks all day. I was teaching yoga there and massaging all the surfers after their surf, which wasn't such a bad job. (laughs) And we made wonderful friendships with the other crew working there who were mostly surf guides. And one, well, there was many young men there that we made great friendships with. But this story is about Sean. And I made, and so did Josh, made friends with Sean really quickly. We really clicked. And in that environment, you just become close pretty fast. There's not much else to do than sit around and talk. We'd play chess together. And he'd advise me or encourage me in the surf because he was a big wave surfer. We just felt like we were kindred spirits. You know, you just meet some people and you know they'll be a great friend. I'm not going to go into great detail into the events of 
the day that this story happened, but to cut a long, a long story short, we were out surfing one day and actually the waves were really small and Sean had an accident and slammed his head into the shallow reef. It was horrific. I think the worst thing I've ever witnessed. I've never really told the story of this other than to close friends. But we had to get him back to safety through the water on a boat with a horrific head injury and unable to move his arms and legs. In a developing country with very limited medical interventions or expertise. To witness someone become a quadriplegic in front of your eyes and have their life's passion of surfing big waves taken away from them and then to sit with someone in rehab for months on end through their darkest days and watch their body become so limited in its functions was life-altering on every level and during that time I vowed that I would never take my body for granted ever again ever to be able to walk, go to the toilet unassisted or without a bag, to hold my own baby, to surf and do yoga is the greatest gift. And in the weeks and months of being whatever support I could be to Sean, and it was not just me, he had a brilliant girlfriend, his wife now, and a wonderful community behind him. It it wasn't just me, but I wanted to support him however I could because I was there when it happened. And during that time, my outlook on my body completely changed. Now, I don't wish a, such a tragic event on anyone, but sometimes it takes those life moments to snap us out of our delusion. But if your attitude towards your body is not a positive one, you're not feeling it home in your body then perhaps start there by naming each day the things you're grateful that your body can do simple things that we take for granted that others are struggling with every day of their life even 20 years later it's so hard to talk about that day and those months and Sean has an amazing life with his wife Rachel and their gorgeous kids but there had to be a lesson in there for me and it was definitely to befriend my physical body. And so if your body is this sacred temple, what would you do with a space or an item that's sacred? You'd celebrate in it. You might adorn it, treat it with reverence and great respect. And so my next question would be, in what ways are you treating your body with reverence and respect? Are you? And if not, how might you do that? Even in a very small way, by drinking more water, which I need to do. <laughs> it's always about drinking more water for me. Or maybe it's moving every day and resting enough by not pushing through when you feel unwell but asking for support from those who are waiting to support you if you would only ask. Your body tells you, if you attend to it, how your life is. 
in my experience, the body speaks subtly at first. It gives you hints and clues, and many of us ignore these. We've been taught to suck it up, keep pushing, push through the tiredness, small pains, headaches, or discomforts to take something that will just mask the thing that the body is trying to alert you to. And so over months or years, the voice of the body gets louder. It speaks through pain and health conditions and deterioration. But how might we attend to the body? Attending is just paying attention. By giving it space to speak and to listen and act on what it's telling us. Yoga postures, the asana, are wonderful. They're a wonderful way to bring awareness to what's going on in the body and over time, deep down in the body. And we practice and train our body to be still so that our mind can follow that and we can pay attention by just being still and breathing and feeling into the sensation there. But just think of how many distractions modern life throws at us. Our poor bodies are not getting the chance to be heard because we distract ourselves, we numb or cover over what it's trying to say. Because often our body is asking us, number one, to slow down, but also maybe to make some changes that we're not willing to make yet. So you might slow down. Make space for yourself and ask your body, what would you have me know? How is my life? What do I need to do? Your body will tell you. John O'Donoghue also says to spend time in silence before the mystery of your body brings you towards wisdom and holiness. Oh, silence is such medicine. And I'm actually going to do an episode on silence as medicine because it's such a simple remedy for much suffering. But we have a real aversion to it because it's scary. What we might find out in the silence and then what changes we might have to make in our life to feel better and be better and to live the life that we are meant to live. Our lives are so often a pursuit of things out there. But the simple teaching and the hardest thing to really put into practice is that the thing that we're looking for and craving in our life is not out there. It's not external to us. It's right here in this body, in this life. So where could you add in even two minutes of silence? No guided meditation, no background music. Pure silence to reap its medicine. You hold the answers right here in this body, in your breath, in your soul. And are you living from the light and ease and joy of your soul or, as John O'Donoghue said, from the labyrinths of your negativity. I love that phrase. A labyrinth can be pretty hard to find your way out of. It's like a maze, isn't it? I think life can feel like that sometimes. Stuck in a maze. No way out. You're just getting all these dead ends. 
and then we just give up. But silence and stillness supports us. Well, it's like rising and I just have this image of a drone rising up above the maze to see that the exit out of this negativity is pretty close by. And we just needed a clearer perspective to know which way to turn next. So to recap my reflective questions there, do you feel at home in your body? Why? Why not? Do you trust your body? And again, why is that? What's led you to being able to trust it? And maybe what's stopping you from trusting it? Are you thinking thoughts and behaving towards your body in a way that treats it as your home? As this sacred temple? In what ways are you treating your body with reverence and respect? And if not, how might you do that? What's just one way you could do that? To treat your body as the gift that it is. And then some practical action can you make space to still your body, be silent with it and ask, what would you have me know? How is my life? You could just journal, just write down whatever comes up. What must I do? Listen to even the subtle messages of the body and intuitively you will know what you need to do to take action. Lock in some daily silence and stillness to attend to your body, to gain clarity on your next step and gain a new perspective of the current labyrinth you might have found yourself in of late. Maybe you're not in the labyrinth. Maybe you found the exit. Or you just didn't go in there. <laughs> you just avoid labyrinths. And finally, could you list 10 things that would indicate that you are living from your soul. What would living from your soul look like, feel like, sound like, day to day for you? There's no right or wrong. What does that phrase living from your soul mean to you? Then choose a thing from your list each day and do that. Soon enough, you'll be living your best soul life, which just sounds like what the earth needs right now. I hope this passage inspired you as much as it did me to truly listen to the body and its truths and take action towards that inspired and joyful life. Thanks again for being here. And don't forget, I just want to mention this because I have two one-on-one -on -one coaching spots coming up at the end of April to dive deeper on things just like this. So if this episode brings up some things for you in terms of feeling stuck in negativity or just a bit of a rut with your body, with your mind, wanting to live a more soulful life or even just to get more practical, specific strategies for you to start to bring more stillness to your life and to truly listen to your body and your intuition, then please reach out to me. You can even now book a 20-minute free discovery call with me on Zoom I'll put a booking link in the show notes and that link will also be in my bio on Instagram. It'll just say free discovery call and there's a schedule there. You can just put in your name and email address and lock in a time. By chatting about it, there's no obligation to go ahead with coaching. You can just see if it's a good fit for you. 
I love talking about this stuff day in, day out and hearing about how things are for people, supporting them to make the changes they desire to make. So please reach out. I've got a couple of people at the moment going through my pre-coaching survey. They've reached out to me. They're interested. And so I can send you the survey just to get you reflecting. And then we could have the chat. But the first step is just booking that discovery call and I'll be in touch. Or even just message me on Instagram. Have a great week of attending to your body and I'll be back next week with a practice around this of attending to, listening to the wisdom and messages of the body. Bye for now.